Welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast, the place to learn field-tested, no BS tactics to growth hack your online business, and finally, live life on your own terms. Now, your host, Gael and Mark. Hey guys, Mark here. Welcome to a very special edition of the Authority Hacker Podcast. This week, we're running a special series called Grow Your Site. Zero points for originality on the name, I know, but it does really fit the content quite well. This mini-series is going to show you how to grow your authority sites in some very innovative ways. These tactics are equally relevant to someone who's just starting out as they are to someone with a healthy Amazon affiliate site or even all the way up to someone with a huge seven, eight-figure authority site in a big niche. You'll learn a ton of our best tactics on how to scale up epic content, how to snowball traffic to your site, how to scale genuine white hat link building, and how to sell info products, as well as today's show, which is about stacking business models to scale up and make more money. Every day this week, we're releasing a new episode, and they can all be found over at authorityhacker.com forward slash grow. That's authorityhacker.com slash grow. You will find all the show notes, links, and other useful information, as well as ton of bonus content at that URL as well. And also, we are pleased to today announce a free live training webinar, which we're running this Sunday. The webinar is titled Five Steps to Start and Scale Your Own Fleet of Highly Profitable Authority Sites. So that's running this Sunday, that's 14th of May at 8 p.m. London, 3 p.m. New York. Go to authorityhacker.com forward slash training to sign up. It's completely free. There's a ton of value in there and make sure to take plenty of notes as we're going to go fast and there's some game-changing uh, bits and pieces that in there that you won't want to miss. So once again, that URL is authorityhacker.com forward slash training. And now on to episode one of the Grow Your Site mini-series. Today, Gail and I are talking about how to stack business models in order to scale up and maximize revenue. I'm going to start actually by talking probably about sites that have been making a little bit of money, but not necessarily a ton of it, i.e. your V1 of your site, as we call it. And usually these sites, they tend to be one-trick ponies. And that's definitely a term I stole from Overwatch, the game I play a lot. Essentially, this is the, um, the term people use to qualify people who can only play one character essentially who have one strategy of winning and if you ask them to do anything else they're really not able to do it right so in terms of websites that characterizes itself by saying that usually these sites they have one traffic source so that can be seo that can be social media usually these are the two people start with but some people do paid traffic as well and one monetization strategy so that can be advertising that can be affiliate uh, sometimes it's services, right? Like when we had an agency, essentially we, we kind of were one-trick pony. So mm-hmm. it's like basically, you know, one way people discover you, one way people convert, um, and that's your site, right? And this this can you, be a good thing, though, because when we're yeah. starting out, it's it's much easier to focus on one thing and actually start doing it well. So to go back to your Overwatch example, like I don't play the game, but I imagine the people who are doing that are actually pretty good at that one thing and it can probably get quite frustrating for other people playing against them sometimes right sure but actually like we can extend the comparison in the sense that 
if the enemy team counters you and finds a way to to play around the strength of whatever you're doing, your character, or in that case, the strategy of your website, mm-hmm. in that case, the enemy could you know be Google or it could be the monetization strategy you're using, right? If if something happens to this, then your business is at risk, right? Yeah. So. so, so I think at the beginning is definitely it's very important to be a one trick to like really have this one traffic source and this one monetization that works. And I think trying to master everything right away, just most people try to do that. It's kind of like the shiny object syndrome, you know, like yeah, they read a new I strategy. See. On. I see a lot of people starting websites, you know, it's like one month old, they have 10 blog posts up, but they already have two ebooks, ads everywhere, affiliate newsletter, all this kind of stuff. And it's kind of like overkill because they, they most likely don't have any traffic yet. Yeah, and these are the people that are usually lazy to write. <laughs> but anyway, like it's important to start that way. And you should definitely be at least in the high three-figure, low four-figure realm before you consider, per month, of course, before you consider stacking up business models, which is what we're talking about today, and diversifying what you're going to do, right? But at some point, your one strategy has been working, but it starts to lose steam, i.e. the next 10 hours you're going to invest in it are not going to produce as much results as the 10 hours you've invested before, right? Or, you know, let's say you have been reviewing Amazon products, which a lot of people do, and you have picked a fairly narrow niche. You've picked like the pillows niche, right? You're reviewing pillows, etc. And, you know, maybe there's like 20, 30 good keywords in there that are worth trying to rank for. And that can take you in the realm of low four figures per month, I think. But once you're doing quite well for these keywords or once you have a piece of comfort for the main ones, you either write about keywords that have much lower search volume or you're trying to rank up for these pages. You know, maybe you're positioned four, five, three, something like this for a bunch of them. And going to number one is a long grind. And so the next 10 hours you're going to invest, they're not going to bring as much in as the last 10 hours where you created that content and boom, it just ranked number five right away, right? It can also uh, be that, it, you know, if you have other people writing for you, say, and you've researched, done keyword research for an, the next hundred pieces of content and they're happily writing away and you've somewhat outsourced the, the process, I mean, you're still monitoring, but you somewhat outsourced it, then there's not really too much for you to do at that point. Like you can have a lot of spare yeah. capacity in a way, you know? Well, I mean, you have a choice, right? You either double down on what's working or you diversify. In your case, you could find another writer and get content written faster so that, you know, you, you cycle through more content if you can have, find enough ideas, right? Or you can do what we call stack and find an extra business model that's complementary to what you've been doing to add revenue to your website. And so that's essentially the two paths the two paths you can go down like basically at any time and the trick is to know when to diversify and stack and when to double down and so one thing i want to say is this one is like man i make so many weird analogies today but uh, (laughs) but not to change from the usual but like it's like when you go to the gym gains are very easy for the beginners like when you start it's much easier to make progress than after you've been doing it for a while and so it's the same when you have the business model right it's if you have a site with like 50,000 views per month or, you know, 100,000 views per month or something, 
and you've been doing only affiliate marketing, then you know you jump into advertising, for example, because you have some informational content, and you actually can put advertising on your affiliate content. We do that to great success, and you know it's easy to add like a thousand bucks a month in like five days easily, adding advertising on these things, and you know you could not add this much revenue with doing more affiliate stuff. So at least in, in that amount of time, yeah. Yeah, of course, you're going to quickly hit a plateau as well, right? And and these things are going to repeat themselves. But the marginal use of your time is much, is much more profitable when you diversify at the beginning. So uh, let's just go through some pros and cons of on one way doubling down and on the other way diversifying. So doubling down, I think that optimizing often earns more than diversification. And I think we have a good example of that. And we're going to talk more about this in another podcast on, on the link building we've done, right? So, like, we use a lot, like, the skyscraper method and so on to buildings. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of people, they pick a tactic, they run it a bit, they get some success, and then they're like, oh, let's find another tactic. And basically diversify when they pick link building, when, when, they, when they pick link building tactics. What we've done is we've literally focused on that for, like, basically a year now. And optimize the process to a point where we get a ridiculous amount of links to our sites. So, and I think if we jumped tactics, we would definitely not build as many links per week now as if we, as we've done doubling down on the skyscraper stuff. Another thing as well, if you want to be a major player in your industry, you're going to have to persevere sometimes and double down. It's like you can't just diversify, 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 because that's kind of giving in on the shiny object syndrome. So it's it's all about picking these strategically. Mm-hmm. The cons of it is usually when you double down, uh, cost increases occur. So for example, if you're doubling down on creating content and you've been the editor, well, maybe the you know you won't have the bandwidth to edit all that content anymore, so you're gonna need to hire an editor and boom, your cost per article increases. Same with link building, maybe you've been doing it yourself, etc. And same for monetization, right? Maybe as you double down on creating more affiliate content, well, you're gonna have to create more content that also promotes offers that don't pay as well or that go on keywords that don't have as much search or whatever, and as a result, your return investment is lower. So I would yeah. I would all, I would just argue one point against that. Like in the case of link building, for example, I think in the short term there definitely will be increased costs to to doing that. But it's I mean it depends on your success really. But ultimately, in the long term, at least what we experienced, I think both with content and with um, link building, has been that after we figured all that stuff out and improved it and like got the editor in place, got to the next level, improved the link building team, hired the people full-time, all that. Eventually, the cost did decrease quite dramatically, actually. Well, um, I would argue, how much did we pay for a piece of content when we started Health Ambition? I mean, we definitely paid less than what we do now. Exactly. Uh, but probably like 10 20% less. And, you know, it's, that's been like three or four years ago that we started. So there's a bit of inflation in there. But more than sure. that, like the quality of the content and like the ROI of the content is is way higher now than it, than it was. Yeah, but the ROI it, is much higher. Initially, from where it was back then, and you rightly pointed out, it was cheaper. And then at the start, we paid more money for it and it was much more expensive. And we were still getting the same return, at least for that first, I don't know, six months, 12 months, however long it was. So yeah, I mean, that's that's a very valid point. 
Yeah, you'll go through usually an increase. I mean, as you put more resources into it, figure it out, etc., you're less optimized and you, you lose uh, value. So, you know, if you have very razor-thin margins, like you're making 5%, 10% margin, whatever you do, yeah, you might actually go negative for a while. So that's something to consider. And and if that's the case, that's probably the case where I'll be like, well, I'll probably diversify first and double down later on this. I mean, we, we experienced that like two years ago, I think it was. We went through... I don't know, it was like three or six months where we were losing money every month, but we knew that we were reinvesting that into, you know, hiring people to growing that kind of thing. And it's paid off massively now, but that's looking through the hindsight's twenty twenty, they say. Yeah, you know, people need to be ready for that when they double down, though. It costs money, essentially. And usually there's an increased workload. So a lot of people think that they can just hire people to grow a process or whatever. Employees do take way more time than people think, and you know your four-hour work just, week. If you've read the four-hour work week, like just get like it's a it's a great book. Like it's one of the things that got me started on this journey, or at least helped me along. But it's not realistic. You cannot work four hours a week and be very successful. I don't know anyone, not a single person. In fact, if you are listening to this right now and you work four hours a week and you make four or five figures a month off your site for consistently, please email me. I'd love to hear uh, I think you can make four figures, like a couple of articles where you're lucky on high-paying offers. Consistently, though? I mean, like over yeah. th- two, three years? I don't think so. Okay, over two, three years is definitely a bigger challenge, but like over a shorter period of time, it's possible, I would say. But yeah, overall, you know, managing people takes time, like this more, like I need to prepare work for Perrin right now because he didn't have much to do yesterday. I'm working with Lewis as well. I'm preparing. We have new people coming in, et cetera. We have, and so despite the fact that we have a team that works with us, I, I wouldn't say I'm working less. I would say I'm working more, actually, especially when you're juggling with people that are on different time zones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you kind of need to be online at various points of the day, which means that you end up being online very, very often and sitting at your desk very often. So the cons of scaling something up, especially when you bring people in, is that usually it's, an, it's increased workload either on your side or even if you hire people. Now let's talk about diversifying. The pro of it is it is increasing the stability of your business, right? So Let's say you're doing affiliate marketing and you're like, okay, let's maybe I've been building a bunch of info content following building and I'm going to put ads on it. Well, the day, let's say you've been using ClickBank to change a bit and ClickBank, you know, decreases their commission rate by 50% or something tomorrow, which is unlikely, but could happen. Well, you're going to lose 50% on your, the ClickBank side of your business. But since you've been developing display ads, that is unlikely to at least be hit at the same time. So your stability in terms of revenue is much increased when you diversify business models. And that's why one of yeah. the reasons why, you know, a lot of people, they, they ask us like, oh, should we create 10 sites or whatever? We're like, no, you should create 10 businesses inside your one site. And that is, you know, it's, how it's we... It's not answer. so much 10 businesses within your site. It's more like 10 revenue streams. Revenue source. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I mean, just to echo Gail's point, like if affiliate marketing is making $1,000 a month and advertising is making $1,000 a month and then your main affiliate cuts the commission by 50%, then you only lose 25% of your overall income per month. Whereas if that was your only source, but it was making you know $2,000 a month, then they cut it by 50%, you lose 50% of your business. So that's where the diversification math uh, comes in. Yeah, I think the good example for that is the recent Amazon change, right? The commissions. 
So I think, if I remember well, like we lost 34% revenue on Amazon, something like this. Yeah. But overall for half a mission, it was like 9% of revenue in total, right? Yeah. And that's because we have other ways of monetizing. We have own products. We have other affiliate networks and we have advertising. And so 34% is a big hit, but 9%, you can definitely live through that, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it's not nice, but it's, but it's it really like nothing changed our health mission. We didn't have to fire people. We hired more people, actually. We didn't have to take drastic measures that other people that only relied on Amazon did. And so, uh, you know, it's nice when these things happen and, and you feel a lot more stable. And also, because your business is more stable, it also increases its value, right? So it's more attractive to buy, and if you were able to sell it, it's a much easier sell than saying, oh, we rely on that one FA program that brings all the money, and if they change the terms, then basically you're done. I think there was um, a kind of con- like conception or, uh, within the online marketing industry among people buying and selling sites that someone like Amazon, there were like there were too big never to change. make these changes. Yeah. Usually you hear about these kind of small, somewhat scammy affiliate products, you know, guys selling diet pills and stuff like that, that are always changing how much they're paying and like, you know, not paying people even. But Amazon is almost unheard of for them to make such a huge change, especially such a high percentage as well in, in certain industries. So the fact that they've done that now, I think is going to make people who are buying a website a bit more cautious when they see you potentially only have one affiliate platform or source. ClickBank could easily do the same. There's all sorts of risks there. So yeah. Yeah, especially given the state of the industry where a lot of money comes from inexperienced people these days. Like a lot of people divest from real estate and like take 10% of their investment portfolio and put it in websites and trust brokerage companies and so on to buy properties that are quote-unquote passive income and you know these people they've never experienced big changes but like that was the first big one and i think that's definitely gonna increase the like they're gonna be a lot more careful and if you have a site that is more diversified it's gonna be extremely easy to sell and you'll probably sell it for more money as well so it's it's quite important to to consider that and finally i mean the last pro we kind of mentioned it so i'm gonna go quickly but it's easy early gains right if you because you rely on what you've built already on your site, the existing traffic, the existing content, etc., usually you can generate decent money from a new monetization method pretty quickly. And we're going to talk about combos that work pretty well together. Now, the cons of diversifying is the first one is it splits attention. And that means that, well, you know, before you had only maybe the affiliate stuff to manage, and now you have to manage the affiliate stuff and the ad stuff. Provided the ad stuff is definitely the easiest to manage, but if you're doing like own products, for example, then, you know, there's like customer support coming in, there's like checkout issues and a lot more tools you need to, you know, set up and maintain and, you know, Zapier doesn't work or whatever it is. And that does split your attention. And sometimes it's not a good idea. If you have something that works really well, it would be good to double down on that and really, really become a big boy at that one thing. So you need to consider the tension that something takes. There's plenty of opportunities we have at this point. So for example, we still sell a lot of Amazon stuff on Health Ambition, and we have opportunities to start FBA businesses at this point. There's items we sell hundreds of every month, and it wouldn't be very hard for us to jump in, create our own listing, and go from 5% to 40% margins, which you know would be a substantial increase in revenue. But the amount of effort FBA takes at this point for people like us that haven't done it at this point feels like it's too much 
to give up in exchange for like this stuff. However, it's still something that we should explore one day just because if we scaled that up, it could be a lot of money too. Even like in uh, the, in this day and age, you know, the FBA process, sourcing, all of that stuff, it's quite well documented and you can find a lot of that information in paid courses and free courses about how to do it. But just the actual time and implementation and uh, the kind of quality cycles you go through trying to get products right and labeling and just dealing with all that sort of stuff, it's a huge amount of time to take, even if you have someone showing you exactly how to do it, you know. So for us at, at this point with, with this specific business model, it's something we're for sure we're going to get going eventually. But at this point in time, uh, it's not worth it for us because of that one reason. And these kind of dilemmas, this kind of questioning this is, is exactly what you have to do to decide whether you stack up or you double down. And the, the last con is that despite the early gains you get from diversifying, which tend to happen pretty quickly, you will again reach that plateau with that thing and usually pretty quickly, like this play has like in two or three weeks, if you pick the right networks you're going to be very close. You'll be at 80% of your plateau anyway, and you'll be at the exact same situation as you were with your previous business model. So sometimes also it's worth kind of like diversifying for like two weeks, like be like, okay, I'm going to display us, but I'm going to do the 80-20. Yeah, look I don't for the quick wins. It, yeah, I don't expect it to be perfect, but that's pretty much what we have on Health Ambition right now. It's far from perfect, but hey, it's actually paying for all the content we buy right now, just the ad revenue, so it's kind of nice. It means all the effort revenue is profit. And you just say, okay, I take two weeks to, to set that up. Whatever I am in two weeks, I, I jump back on the main business model because that is the one that will make that site be worth seven figures, for example. That is one I really like, but yeah, the plateaus will come very quickly as you do it. So let's just talk about the different business models you can go through. We briefly mentioned them. But let's go like on when you should consider them, etc. The first one is advertising display ads, which I like because it's very hands-off. Uh, and the payouts can be quite good. We did an article recently on Media.net. And Media.net pays us really well, actually. It does take a while. Like a lot of people that read the article, they were like, oh, I put it, I make like $2 yesterday. It was horrible, etc. It was horrible for us at the beginning, but it did end up paying really well after we talked to the account manager and they've made custom designs, etc. And, and they're still optimizing. We're up 30% this year already in uh, CPM, so I really like them. Ezoic is also really good. We'll probably write an article about them. But overall, display ads are really hands-off and easy to set up. There's like easy plugins for WordPress. I think we use AdInserter, which is a free plugin right now. The money is like, you know, you're not going to be a millionaire from display ads unless you run BuzzFeed. So, but as I said, it pays for content, and I really like the idea of that. There are um, some sites like John Dijkstra's one. You know, it makes really does make quite a lot of money off of. Yeah, but uh, he was buying a lot of traffic as well, right? And yeah. also, his ad layout is extremely aggressive. I'm I'm quite proud that on Health Ambition we like, I don't know, like we make a couple hundred dollars per day from ads, like with no ads. Like there's like one ad in content, I think. The rest is only ads around the content and at the end, actually. And uh, like John Dijkstra makes most of his money from ads, but he's very aggressive with it. And we used to run his layout, but what I found is that the link growth to the site would slow down, right? So the money was good, but the growth was slow. And I felt like I was willing to give up like 20, 30%, sometimes up to 40% of ad revenue in exchange for the link growth to be a bit higher so that the traffic could go up. We, I remember once we actually discussed just getting rid of all ads on Health Ambition, yeah. whether it's worth taking that, that financial hit for the extra like long-term 
grow through links. But actually what we do right now is when we publish a new post, no ads go on it for, I think it's 30 days or 45 days. And we do a lot of like link building, a lot of the manual link building stuff, like the, the outreach stuff when the, uh, the posts first go up. Um, so there's actually no ads on it. So it makes it easier to get links at, at that point. But we'll talk more about this on Thursday when we talk about the link building part of things. Yeah, okay. Yeah, another thing that uh, we don't talk much about, and the reason we don't talk much about it is because we haven't done it yet, but I've been reading quite a bit about it, and I'm quite interested, and that kind of goes in advertising, is selling sponsored posts. Obviously, if we did sell them, we would no follow the links because we don't want to be yeah, link sellers. Big disclaimer, do follow links on your site. Do not sell links. It's a terrible idea. Yeah. We're never going to do it. It's This yeah, is something that's- very different. What I'm talking about is sponsored posts, right? So like we do a, like we do a post that kind of like promotes a branded product on the post, and like email it to our email list, maybe target a keyword with it, and charge the brand for it, like, like maybe a thousand bucks or something, just because we, we, we actually be- sometimes get offers for this on Health Ambition from new people launching like new health products or new juicers or th- things like that. It, it do- does happen eventually, but going after it actively promoting that and actively seeking out people um, is, is a different thing. Yeah, it's, I mean, like, for example, we, we did it once on a, on a Tarry Hacker with a video, actually. I did a video for Ahrefs that I promoted with uh, Facebook ads, actually. And Ahrefs essentially paid for us to promote it to our audience, not to say that we liked it, just to promote it and give exposure to it. And I think that's a good way for publishers to make money, provided you, one, keep your editorial honesty, and second, you don't sell links. That's the two risks that you have. I know a lot of people you know, talk about sponsored posts, but really it's it's link selling in this case. So I'd be quite careful. And to the few emails that I've received offering sponsored posts, I was like, yeah, sure, but I'm going to no follow all the links to your site. I'd say about 70% of people drop off at that point. So <laughs> clearly, a lot of people are looking to buy links. If you're in this for the long term, I don't think you should do it. So advertising is is especially worth it when you have a lot of traffic. And if you follow the methods that we use in uh, Atari Hacker Pro, the Atari site system, when you have like a lot of info content that you've created for the purpose of link building so that you can grow your domain authority and your more monetized content could rank, and it's just laying around at this point. You're not outreaching for it anymore. You, you're kind of done with the outreach. A lot of that content will pick up good traffic. And putting ads on it is a way for you to pay back for it and most importantly to pay for the future link building campaign so you essentially can have your link building paid for by the old content you've created for link building using display ads and that's essentially what's happening on health ambition right now i mean like the ads revenue is actually yeah more money than we spend on content every day and you know the site can be running forever just because of these display ads without even looking at any kind of affiliate revenue so it's kind of nice you know the second thing you can add as a business model is affiliate promos. So some people start with advertising. Like my girlfriend right now, she's growing a website. It's only built on advertising and, and Pinterest traffic, actually. And affiliate promos, they're definitely more complicated. Like advertising, you know you can go to like AdSense, MediaNet, Ezoic, these kind of guys, and you get a decent payout. But affiliate promos is like all or nothing, right? And you were running the affiliate promos for yeah. health ambitions, so with, you uh, can talk a little bit about So, it. I mean, with uh, display ads, it's kind of like the the display ad companies, AdSense or Media.net or whoever, they actually do the work of figuring out which ads to put in front of the content. 
in front of which specific bit of content but with affiliate promos you need to do that and obviously you're you, you know you're not you know may not have as much experience of doing that you may pick the wrong product put it the wrong place for, for the wrong audience then it's it's not going to work so it's, it can be a little bit more tricky especially if you don't really have a good feel or a good grasp of who your audience is like their age range their demographics the countries they're in this kind of stuff yeah, actually, for this, um, one thing that's really powerful is you can, to get to know your audience, you can put the Facebook pixel on your site, and then you can use the Audience Explorer to get a lot of information, like are they more male or female, how old are they, what is their education level, where do they live, et cetera, et cetera. What pages do they like, what topics are they interested in, and so on. So uh, that is a good one to kind of have a good idea of what you can promote. And you don't necessarily need to promote stuff that's related to your niche, right? I know for, for a fact that one idea I've had in my head that we haven't done yet on health ambition, which has been inspired by the guys at pinchofyum.com, right? They're like a, a cooking blog, but they they have a lot of moms reading them, etc. And one of the highest revenue sources is Bluehost because they're like, hey, learn how to be a stay-at-home blogger like me, you know? Hmm. And so they, they actually end up selling... I, I'm not going to sell Bluehost, not even on House Ambition. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, um, but you know what I mean? It's like, it's a perfect example of like, it's not necessarily the topic of your site. It's more what your demographic is interested in. Yep. And in that case, they're, they're doing a good job at essentially tackling, selling, building websites, etc., to people that read a cooking blog. So, you know, the, the same kind of stuff can be done for... Any kind of site, and that's why finding an offer is often more not than really just science. It also takes networking, a lot of good offers. You kind of need to talk to people. So if you're the guy that just hides on Skype with a fake name and a stock photo as your profile picture and don't want to talk to an affiliate manager, you're probably not going to like this one. Now, to make this a real business model, I think finding five to ten good offers for your site that work well, it, it you know makes it more stable, especially if they are from different networks or companies. And the two ways to do it essentially is, one, piggyback right the domain authority of your site and make content that targets keywords that allows you to sell. So for example, I don't know, on Health Ambition, we can be like, how to make a juice for your kids at home and essentially sell a blender or something. Mm-hmm. Or any kind of like tutorial that would promote stuff or any kind of reviews or anything that would answer people's question, answer to a problem they have and promote the piece of content in there and try to rank for that keyword. Or second is promoting to an acquire audience. So usually that's email marketing, but that can also be push notifications, that can also be retargeting, etc. And there's an entire podcast coming up this week on bringing people back and why you should do it and why it's super powerful. So I'm not going to expand on that, but essentially the we've two also ways done, is- Sorry, we've also done podcasts on like push notifications and stuff before. We'll put links to that in the, the show notes over at authorityhacker.com forward slash grow. Yeah, so that's the two ways, basically. Create content that ranks and is shareable or promote to your audience and essentially push traffic using whatever you have done to collect people. Now, another thing that we don't like doing, but that's definitely working and I've seen work many times is selling services and consulting. 
The reason we don't like doing it specifically is not because it's not effective. Like I know it's many because people, we're lazy. I know many people who <laughs> do this, especially early on, and really like this is the thing that enables them to you know quit their day jobs and go at this full time or or whatever. It's because it's very easy to start making a lot of money very quickly by selling your time, selling consulting, done for you type services. Gail and I hate it because we used to run a digital marketing agency, which essentially this is all we did for, what, four years, five years, something like that? Yeah, and outside didn't have much traffic at all, and we still got yeah. leads and made money out of it, you know? Yeah, exactly. And there's a, a number of podcasts we've done talking about this and all our failures there. So again, we'll link to that in the show notes as well. But if you are looking for a, a, a quick way to, you know, really jump your income up, you know, multiple four figures, then this is something you should probably consider at least early on. The reason we don't like it as well is because it doesn't scale very well. There's only You only have so many hours per week that you can sell out, essentially. And we're at the point now where it's, it's better for us in the long term to spend that time you know, working on more content or more websites or whatever yeah. it, it may be. I just evaluate the, the opportunity of growth to be much higher than whatever most people want to pay. If people want to buy my time, I'm, I'm quoting ridiculous prices, so they say no, you know? Yeah. So I'm like, oh, $800 an hour. And, and then they're like, well, well I'll think about it. But, <laughs> but I think it really sucks your time away from growth, you know? Like when you're working for someone else, you're essentially not working on, on what you should be doing on your side. And that's the trap a lot of, I'm going to talk agencies in that case because we're quite experienced, fall in, like, you look at most of these agencies' websites, they have no traffic, no marketing, no growth, you know, because 95% of their time is spent serving their clients, which, you know, is a good thing. But then you hit that revenue and growth ceiling that's extremely frustrating after a little bit. So I'm not a fan, but, you know, for example, I'm following Dom Wells from Human Proof Designs and you know, he does that and he's been able to grow his business quite well. And I'm pretty sure he had a, a full-time job not long ago and now he's he's full-time on his thing. So if, especially if you're like specialized, or if you're in a, in a specialty where you could charge a lot of money, like, you know, a certain type of lawyer, certain type of psychologist, that kind of stuff where you can really, you could come in like high three figures an hour, even four figures an hour type costs, then that's not necessarily a bad idea. And I would consider putting it there. Otherwise, if you are doing something where the cost per hour is just lower, you should do the next thing that we we're going to talk about, which is info products. And I, I actually like info products as much as I hate services and consulting. Mm. <laughs> and the reason why is because, first of all, I think selling info products is the best way to learn how to sell stuff. It's it's very, like, you're essentially selling information delivered either via text or via audio or via video. So you have to focus on selling on the benefits, not on the features. Even though, you know, features do count a little bit, it's really like you need to get in the head of the customer what they want and figure out how to really help them without ever being interacting directly with them and creating content that will help them. And that's the best way to learn how to sell. Once you know how to sell an ebook, you know how to sell anything, essentially. Mm -hmm. Like everything else is easier to sell than an ebook. The good thing as well is it's high profit because there is basically zero marginal cost 
other than the payment processing fees. So like PayPal or Stripe. And support. And support. Yeah, that's true, actually. But the marginal cost is very low, right? So yeah. like selling an extra copy of an ebook is a few cents of cost and you're selling it for 29 39 49 sometimes even even seven bucks is like high profit and most importantly if you want to do well with info products it, it starts opening up the realm of sales funnels right and like you know upselling and taking a, a buying audience and promoting more things to them etc and figuring out how to really get more value out of your highly the most engaged audience that you have the annoying part, though, is that there is a lot of complex and moving parts. And I know it because I've built a blueprint about this lately. I don't really hack a pro, and, and I know all this stuff, but when I had to explain all of it on camera, I was like, wow, okay, that's definitely intimidating for a newbie. But there's like shopping carts, there is product delivery, there is more complex email marketing than the one you may be using to promote your blog posts. Paid advertising definitely jumps in as well. Landing pages, etc. analytics. And, uh, you know, we, we will go, the last podcast of this series is actually all about selling your own products and it can be applied to both info products and services and consulting, but overall it is complex, but it's extremely rewarding if you make it work properly. I would say it probably doesn't work in absolutely every niche though. I'd be a little bit careful, but one thing that might work in niches where info products don't work, man, my transitions are on fire today, are uh, e-commerce and physical products. and. That's something that we're not going to talk a lot about, mostly because we haven't done it. And one thing that I'm quite proud of is we don't talk bullshit about stuff we haven't done. So we're going to mention like what we know. What I know is uh, I recently talked to a, an age pro member who sells oriental rugs with her content. And what she does is she essentially copied our affiliate article templates from HPro and she links to her e-commerce products. And she literally told me on the phone, like, oh, that's the best marketing I ever did. It pays off so much more than PPC, etc. Um, but an easy way to start if you wanted to do that, we mentioned it earlier, is to start with affiliate content, I think, and after that, swap your affiliate links to FBA links. So like sell on Amazon, you don't have to deal with the, an e-commerce platform or anything. And then you jump from like 4 to 7% commission to 40%. And as you generate sales on Amazon, you tend to rank higher on Amazon search, which generates more organic sales as well, et cetera. So that's actually our plan for not this year, I think, probably next year, to get into e-commerce. And that's all I'm going to say about it, mostly because as I said, we haven't done it yet. And we don't BSU, but that's the plan. That's what we're going to do, actually. So the question after you like go through all these possibilities of diversifying is, and stacking is, what should you pick first or what should you go for right now? Well, first of all, should you diversify or not? It's up to you to answer that question. Maybe you're at the point where there's still a bunch of keywords to write about for your affiliate content. Or maybe you still have a lot of opportunities to grow your traffic with, like, say, Pinterest for your display ads that you that are your main monetization strategy. If that's the case, I think scaling up makes sense rather than diversifying. However, if you know, you're kind of stuck at this point, you should be looking for synergies, right? So as I said, if you have monetized with affiliate content, how about you look into the FBA stuff? If you have built a lot of info content for link building to get and it's getting some traffic, well, how about you put ads on it and you start collecting emails so that you can start also doing like maybe affiliate promos via email. 
If you collected emails already to promote your blog post, why not try to launch a $7 info product? Like it can be a 30 pages PDF about a problem and you can take a sales page template on, on Swipe Content Builder and you know get started with that. The point of stacking at this point is to not start from scratch. So look at the assets that you have from your site and look at how you can synergize with what you have right now. So I think for the people that are listening, like what they should do now, if they have a one trick site, let's go back to that I concept. just want to caveat this yeah? before, before you go through this and, and say that this is for people who actually have one of these things going for them already. So yeah. if, if none of them are working for you, if you've tried one and it hasn't worked, we're not saying keep jumping around till you find something that works. That's called shiny object syndrome. We did a podcast about that. It's absolutely not the case. It's once you have had that initial success and you're at the next plateau and maybe things are going on autopilot or maybe they're not, whatever, then that's the point you can potentially consider adding another one, stacking another business model here. Yeah, you need to be careful. Like if you're a beginner, like uh, be very careful with that stuff. It's it could be detrimental to your success to try to jump from thing to thing without having some core business that's already working. Yeah, this is so, stacking business models, not creating your first business model. Yeah, and for those who who want to learn more about creating their first you know site that works, they should go check the authority site system. It's on atarihacker.com slash system. So let's take an example. Like you have a one trick site. Let's say it's an Amazon site because I know a lot of people that listen to us have Amazon affiliate sites. What would I do if I was in that situation? Well, first of all, probably you're not ranking, you know, at top at the top position for all the keywords you're targeting. Probably your domain authority is not very high if you're just an Amazon review site, right? Well, what I would probably do is, first of all, I would create these skyscraper content. I would create info content on the site that can generate a lot of links. So I would look for content in the industry or adjacent industries that has generated a lot of links before, create something better or slightly different, more updated maybe, on my site, pure info, not trying to sell anything, and then reach out to the people that link to similar pieces of content, not just the big one that I've found at the beginning, but like 20 or 30 of them, email all of them about my piece of content and literally say, hey, would you mind also adding my link? It's a numbers game. We give templates in HPro for that. And that's it. I would start doing like maybe that 10 times or something. Then after that, after one month of the content being published or something, hopefully I've picked up a bunch of links. Then I would start adding some advertising to that content. So probably if I was just starting out, if you have more than 10,000 views per month, you can jump on Ezoic right away, which is pretty good. If I would check Media.net for sure. That's probably the two ones I would start with. If you can get into Ezoic, you can just put AdSense instead. It works. And on top of that, I would start adding content upgrades to these pieces of content. So content upgrades are a complementary cheat sheet or some kind of bonus for a blog post you're reading. We don't do these very frequently on Atari Hacker these days, although we should. But we have done them in the past quite a bit. So if you check out all the blog posts, you'll see them everywhere. After that, as I publish a new skyscraper, as I keep that going, I would email that new skyscraper to my email list to start engaging them. So that now that I have that process of creating that info content, putting ads on it, etc., maybe I'll do like between two and five a month, let's say, 
Then every time I publish one, I email the list and engage them, get them to come back, read my website, etc., build that engagement. And after I have some engagement, maybe after you've done that for three months, I'd look at taking that engaged email list and creating an info product. So maybe let's say, let's go back to the pillow example, right? Like you have a website that was about pillows, then you've created info content about sleeping, and then you create an info product that says that teaches people how to sleep better with a bunch of tips and tricks. Maybe it's like, you know, 25 things that you can do to have a better sleep. Like there's some weird ones I've been reading about recently, like put your pillow in the fridge, uh, <laughs> stuff like that. Like uh, there is, de- there's definitely room for an info product there. And so I would do that, sell it for like, I don't know, between seven and 25 bucks, maybe do 25 official price and sell it for 15 for the first week and email my email list for every day for a week just to let them know about it. And basically, you have your basic info product. If it works, you can scale your info content and use the emails you collect and basically put this mini launch you've done on autoresponder. And then and I would also start looking at my reviews again. So that's, that's important to actually go through that because you can go back and forth between these business models being in your focus. And we do that a lot. Find what sells, source it on Alibaba and FBA it. And then after that, Maybe take some of these products on Amazon, maybe run a discount for a couple of days and use your email list to promote that discounted item so that you can get a lot of organic sales and then eventually rank up on Amazon. And then keep going. Essentially, you get the idea. Use the assets that you've been previously to establish the strategy of what to do next so that you spend less time on it than if you start from scratch and you have a competitive advantage. All right. So, guys, thanks for listening. In Autoy Hacker Pro, we talk a lot about stacking monetization and business models and you know promotion models as well that is what hpro is all about and that's why we have this modular blueprint system that we'll talk to you about hpro is opening on the 14th of may and tomorrow it's mostly going to be mark talking about scaling content up one of the stacks that you need to grow your email list to grow your affiliate sales and to grow your ad revenue so it's all connected so guys see you tomorrow thanks for listening bye Thanks for listening to the show today. Just before we finish up, I wanted to remind everyone of the free live training webinar we're running for you this Sunday, that's Sunday 14th of May. We're going to be showing you a simple five-step formula to start and scale your own fleet of highly profitable authority sites. So if you like today's podcast, you will get a ton of value out of this free live training webinar. To sign up, head on over to authorityhacker.com forward slash training. That's authorityhacker.com forward slash training. And we hope to see you there on Sunday.